Welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, episode 32, Ch-Ch-Ch-Changes. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus, in America too, she's a good girl. You know, I thought for a second there I was playing the wrong song. I do like Tom Petty, but I wish you would have opened with uh, David Bowie. Well, we need to... <laughs> I can't quite... I can't read your mind, Dave. Well, but you know the title of the podcast. I... Uh, my fault. <laughs> I don't know the title of this podcast. I sent you a URL. I may have played the this song for a different reason. It doesn't matter, really. I, I just welcome everybody to this season of... Uh, of the fantasy finish line, and as we as we progress into the rookie draft, and then the preseason, and then the actual season of fantasy football, we get more and more excited. Of course, uh, the funny thing about fantasy football, in my opinion, right, is that the climax is not necessarily where you'd think it would be. So it's not always for the fantasy season. Uh, is the climax of action for this story, as it were. Um, it's in, only, in the final games, right? It's only the climax for two people in the league. Yeah, it's it's usually more like uh, like in week eight or something like that, where it's the middle of the season. Things could still happen for all kinds of people, and it's yeah. really exciting. You've got a, a three and five team, and you like you know you could turn this around, or I could just stay on the bottom. I don't know. Yeah, so we see that in our uh, statistics that we look at and analytics from the website and the podcast, etc. Is that the most people listen probably between weeks six and ten, which are those difference making weeks and then after that it drops off and you've got uh mr championship and mr championship jr yeah. uh those are the only people left <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's fun it's a fun experience and uh i just wanted to welcome everybody back to the fold as we start our um uh our, our myriad shows talking about uh all of the people with fantasy value and if they're going up or down Etc. In our opinions, of course. Yeah. But I wanted to uh, to got introduce a lot of free agent moves to discuss. Exactly. So that's that's the plan today is to go over all the teams and uh, the the changes that have happened from the off season. And myself, Dave, and across the table from me, Jason, will be your hosts throughout this year, like usual. And Jason, uh, we do have something special that we'd like to continue to do throughout this season. And why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I kind of just started on a win last year, and uh, basically we'll have a theme to the music, and if you let us know what the theme is, we'll send you a prize. So you have to be pretty spot on, and you can email Dave at drink5.com or Jason at drink5.com. You could... Um, I wouldn't uh, tweet it because then we'll all then everybody sees it, and then we have to give something to everybody. <laughs> so don't, you know, don't do that. Well, there's still timestamps on those. I, I don't want you to tweet it, but if you're if you're first and you tweet it, then you know. Yeah, we'll give something to the first few people who uh, who can figure out the theme. There you go. I'm gonna have to get our lawyers to work on that. He said first few people, and that language is just not it's not good. Okay. I don't know. We're, yeah. We've got some lawyer friends. They're gonna get write the lawyer up on the phone. a 12 page uh, terms of service agreement for you this have to agree. Contest. Yeah, you have to sign the contest rules. No, just email us what you think the theme is. Yeah, we'll send you something. And if you're one of the first people, we will recognize you on air and give you uh, something of value, at least to us. We'll see. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to be as political as possible here. 
Like we, we're not going to send you. Can we give you, away a brand new clapper? We're not going to send you a clapper. Oh, <laughs> that's disappointing. Well, how do you find a brand new clapper? That's ridiculous. I, you know, that would be hard to get. That would be like an antique at this point. Yeah. So uh, we asked the age-old question: uh, What are you drinking this evening? I'll start with Jason. Um, that's a good place to start, I suppose. So I have a Stone Brewing Tangerine Express IPA. That's good. It's fantastic. I have an unopened Victory Sour Monkey, which uh, is pretty... It's a sour version of the Golden Monkey. It's a pretty awesome beer. I've had a bunch of them, and when I had a bunch of them, I uh, uh, kind of spaced out a little bit, I'll, I'll have to admit. Spaced out. But I'm also drinking currently a... Did you have uh, pneumonia the next day? A red wine <laughs> called uh, Don Giuseppe. So basically it's like um, the uncle from Sopranos... Uh, that's 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 how I feel every time I drink this. I'm like, I'm probably part of something maybe you shouldn't know about. You know, all right, you're a wise guy. Yeah, <laughs> or like a relative of a wise guy that gets to benefit from that wise guy without actually killing anybody. Perhaps that's where I put myself in this equation. So you're just like the guy who you know cooks dinner for the wise guy. Yeah, or like occasionally I get to go out for Italian food and somebody else picks up the tab. Oh, nice. And I'm like, I don't know why that happened, but it's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, Someone sent over a bottle of wine. We don't know who. So we're going to try to get through 32 teams. Jason doesn't think we can do it. I do. We'll see. If all we, right. If we if we don't, you don't. This right? is a challenge. I uh, I think we'll do it. Okay. I well, I like this. I, I think we'll make it happen, well, is what we, I'm saying. What we talked about is maybe going more in-depth at a show. Uh, Some teams are more relevant than others at this point. Not necessarily how they're performing, but uh, in terms of the changes that they've had. Yeah, and, and fantasy-wise, I'm sure that we'll go a little more in-depth from time to time on different teams. But I do think that it's a great time right now where it's kind of well, yeah, slowed down. Stick mostly to just fantasy players anyway. And it's slowed down to the point where we've been monitoring um, Roto World and all the different Twitter feeds, etc., with all the changes happening in the league. And over the past two days, really not much has happened, whereas over the last two weeks, everything. During the quote-unquote legal tampering period. Everything has happened. Which is an absurd title to put on a couple of days in the season. (laughs) But yeah, the league season started on the... 13th, so that was or uh, Thursday last week, the 14th, at like 4.30 p.m., and that's when they were able to officially start signing all these people. Um, and unlike last year, I don't think any moves got reversed other than uh, Anthony Barr, who wound up not going to the Jets and went to uh, Minnesota instead. Yeah, not a lot. There were some things that were in flux, like we'll talk about Ryan, uh, um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who was for a moment going to go to the Dolphins. But then ended up re-signing with the New Orleans Saints. Sure, but he didn't like agree to any kind of contract. Like uh, in, in the like same last year, the whole uh, the whole thing that the Ravens did when they were able to start to get Michael Crabtree, who was the receiver who they had signed, and then they failed his physical, so that they could sign Michael Crabtree instead. I'm not sure, but you're I don't right. Remember what happened during that time? There can be things that get reversed. What we saw were just people who decided to opt out of contracts. That and Antonio Brown almost going to the Bills. And he's like, well, if I have a choice between the Bills and the Raiders, I guess I'm going to California. Yeah, I, I don't know. I Growing up in the Midwest, I'm not as afraid of like being in Buffalo as Antonio Brown might have been. Well, just look at their statistics and you may be a little more afraid. Yeah, I don't know. Well, and, I think and, I'd rather play with Josh Allen than Derek Carr. Right I don't now. know, man. There's not a lot of intact tables in Buffalo. You gotta you gotta watch out for that shit. That's a that's, that's a fun good thing. That's healthy, Dave. That's right. Not not healthy for your back and your arms, but it's a healthy like 
team building activity for all the fans. So if we're gonna get through stuff, let's just start and uh, and and why don't we get an overview? Uh, do you want to just go division by division, or how do you want to uh, structure? I this? like division by division. Okay. Um, unless we want to completely jump around randomly, I say division by division. So should we should we trade off divisions or trade off teams, or how do you want to go about this? We can trade off divisions. I think would be easy. Great. Start us up, sir. Okay, so we'll just start at the top of the list here. We've got the NFC West. And the Arizona Cardinals, who haven't had a lot going on, uh, they re-signed Larry Fitzgerald for another year. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is great. He's still one of the best wide receivers in the league, even if he can't put up the points because of his situation. Um, But, you know, his quarterback situation is basically completely unknown. And I think that's a fair way of putting it. You have no idea if they're going to draft someone, if they're going to – they're clearly not really going to sign anyone. So it's either going to be they're going to go with – who's the guy that they drafted last year? Josh – Ro- not Rosen, Josh Allen. No. Allen's on the Bills. Uh, okay, Allen, Josh Rosen. Rosen is on the and, Cardinals. And actually, um, w- what I know from uh, experience and from a lot of research is that Rosen would be drafted higher in this year's rookie draft than any other quarterback except perhaps for Kyler Murray. So if they do go with Kyler Murray, which is the, the, the main rumor right now, then they'll have to... at least to- an upgrade. Well, yes, but they'll have to you know figure out the new offense, et cetera. But they have a new coach, and the, generally you're going to change things anyway. But I would I would agree with you that no matter what happens, Fitzgerald at the end of his career and a quarterback at the beginning of his, um, they may not have the best chemistry because any new quarterback that they're getting, they're not expecting probably to be amazing. They're expecting it to be their new franchise quarterback to figure out over the next couple of years. Yeah, they have Brett Hundley as their backup at the moment. Well, that's... So it's not as if they have like a veteran there to bring up a rookie, even with Rosen, you know, let alone pulling in another rookie. No, I no, kind of no, assume no. that they're going to deal Josh Rosen if they want to draft Kyler Murray. Well, either either Rosen continues to start there and become better or they draft Kyler Murray and trade Rosen, but they they do not have any veteran presence. They do not have any intent on on getting Larry some Fitzgerald kind of a free agent. Is the agent. only veteran presence on the team. Yeah. So I just you know, like I say, it's completely unknown. I I have no inkling one way or the other where they might go at quarterback. I think wherever they go is going to result in people not being fantasy relevant at first, and that may hurt David Johnson. Um, but they also have talked a lot about how. We know how to get David Johnson the ball. So it, that's going to be a, a high-risk, high-reward type of draft pick this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the only other signing that they made that's any f- fantasy relevancy at all is Charles Clay, uh, who had 21 catches for 184 yards last year. And it's not like he skipped a lot of games. He was in, I think, 13 games. No, he was signed uh, to Buffalo to to be game-changing and to a huge contract for a tight end, and he didn't live up to his obligations. Yeah. And while he is a good athlete – I, I don't think that he is the game-changing guy that he was signed to be. So He might not even pass Ricky Seals-Jones on the depth chart. So. I don't I don't expect much from, from that situation. Agreed. Um, so we can move on to the defending NFC champs and the Super Bowl losers, the Los Angeles Rams. There's my depth chart. Uh, so the Rams, they signed Blake Bortles. Um, have a good time there, Blake. I mean, you're going from Jacksonville to, uh, to Los Angeles. I think everyone is pretty jealous of your... Like living situation, weather, you know, situation. Well, Aside we, from that, when we talk about backup quarterbacks, I mean, uh, Blake Bortles and we'll talk about later Ryan Tannehill are probably among the best backups possible in the league. So, along with Teddy Bridgewater, who you already talked about yep, earlier. Yep. So, um, I mean, good for the Rams. Good movement for the Rams. If Goff was to go down, 
uh, he Blake Bortles could still stumble his way into the playoffs and you know uh, continue uh, what they've what they've done. I, I I agree as long as Todd Gurley is healthy and he apparently you know after the Super Bowl the word was that he has arthritis in his knee. That's nothing official. I don't know that the team has actually said that. So yeah, um, we don't really know what happened there still for a fact. Um, but arthritis in the knee sounds like something that doesn't go away. Well, uh, many people don't know this, but but Todd Gurley's, Gurley's middle name is actually Benjamin. He's related to. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, his his middle name is actually Button, related to Benjamin. Oh, I see. So he's uh, aging the the in regular. The he's aging the regular way, but super fast because everyone in their family just has a different <laughs> kind of weird aging problem. Uh, and moving on from this conversation, the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> sure, and on the Rams, you're going to get Cooper Cup back next year, and uh, that'll be good. So the Niners, they did make a couple of moves. They've now uh, got Robbie Gold as a franchise kicker, which does happen. Although, uh, you know, as we learned from several different teams, you don't fuck with kickers if you've got one that does well for you. And then they signed Tevin Coleman. Uh, from the Atlanta Falcons, Coleman left as a free agent, I believe, and he, you know, he'll probably be. No, I don't even know that he's going to carry early down carries. I happen to like Tevin Coleman. I, I think he might be a change of pace guy still. I happen to like Tevin Coleman, but when you have a squad that includes uh, Matt Breda and Jarek McKinnon, uh, it's going to be tough for all of them to have fantasy value. Because they're all pass-catching running backs, and I think it's going to be more of a system uh, that is is put in place by the the coach there. Yeah. So I mean, it's not good for fantasy. It's good for their team, though. And they've got Kyle Juszczyk, who is a fullback, <laughs> you know, who they signed to a lot of money. It, uh, the R Lads depth chart has seven different running backs listed. Well, Jerick McKinnon, a lot of people thought when they signed Tevin Coleman, they would let him go. But they still have so much money. The 49ers have a lot of cap space. And so there's no reason for them to do that, especially in a league where running back depth is sometimes a problem. So I think they just continue with those guys and they have a, a little you know, mixture of, of the three. And it's not going to be great for owners and dynasty. And ADPs for redraft leagues for Tevin Coleman or Jarek McKinnon or Matt Breda, they're probably all going to be overrated. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, and then they've got Jordan Matthews and Marquise Goodwin now. So I, I don't really see how they slot in ahead of um, – are, are they getting rid of Pierre Garçon or are they keeping him? I missed that one. I thought I had read something about him. But I know that uh, – uh, oh no, Goodwin will be back from injury, right? Yeah, good. They didn't get Goodwin. He's been on the team, but um... okay, it's a good thing we do these shows so that I can refresh myself <laughs> on what is going on. Yeah. So I think we we're good with the Niners. Um, they will be a lot better, hopefully, because Jimmy Garoppolo will be healthy the whole year. We'll see. Sure. Yes. That's that's the idea, and then you can throw some deep passes to Goodwin, who will actually be fantasy relevant. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So we've got the Seattle Seahawks to close out the NFC West. Uh, the Seahawks are a team that they haven't really signed anybody. They let Mike Davis go in free agency, and uh, former back Thomas Rawls is on the Jaguars now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that this kind of clears a path for Rashad Penny, who was a first round pick of theirs last year in order to um, 
you know, get more carries this year. Who was the main guy last year? It'll be Chris Carson and Rashad Yeah, Chris Penny. Carson, okay. And if they don't sign anyone else or draft rookie value, then those will be the guys, both fantasy relevant on a team that runs a lot. They need to draft offensive line. Yep. I protect. Decide to choose to protect Russell Wilson for one season and watch how much it benefits your team. The Seahawks are good, and, and like we said last year at the beginning of the year, uh, Russell Wilson tends to do better in the last half. For some reason, that team does not do well in the first half of the season as they figure out what everyone else's defense and offensive schemes are. So as soon as they kind of figure it out, they seem to do better. Russell Wilson is always a top-five quarterback at like the end of the year. And I, I now know that, so I'm <laughs> never going to draft him again. But I will always trade for him after he does poorly, like in week seven, week eight, because they always pick it up in the last half. They they are a good second half team under Pete Carroll for sure. And I say always, I play crap, so it's like <laughs> always a hard eight after three sevens. No, <laughs> that, the answer is that's not correct. always a hard eight when the eight is a point. So the NFC South, I'm going to play hurry up offense. Uh, right. Atlanta Falcons. Matt Bryant was released. We don't really care about the kickers very much, but it is interesting to to see where these pieces fall, of course. And Matt Bryant was one of the of the oldest people out there, which is always uh, kind of fun to watch. Uh, hey, there's still a few guys older than us in the league. It's a good feeling. They signed Kenjin Barner. They'll rotate in behind Freeman and Ito Smith. But basically the team is Freeman and Ito Smith. Ito Smith uh, is rising in stock value because uh, Devontae Freeman has had a lot of issues with um, yards per carry, a lot of issues with injuries, etc. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm injuries expecting that uh, they'll they'll go more towards a 50-50, but obviously Freeman is the lead back when he's healthy and there, and he'll get most of the carries. Uh, Tevin Coleman gone opens things for Ito. Ito was not particularly good, but neither were the Atlanta Falcons' uh, offensive line or offense in general. So I'm going to hold my breath and see what happens next year. Uh, they signed Logan Paulson and Luke Stocker at tight end. That's not an issue either. Not really relevant to our conversation. So moving on to the Carolina Panthers. Um, they lost Devin Funches and uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are the guys there that are going to take over. And DJ Moore was a rookie last year, did pretty well. I think that he could be a breakout star this year, and that is not something that's um, that's given lightly. Uh, he did really well. Um, maybe you can look up the stats to 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 DJ reinforce Moore's that. last year. But he did really well when he was playing um, after Devin Funchess was Devin Funches was not doing went well down. when he was out when he went down. Yeah, it was his rookie year last year. Um, let's look at the and so I think my games we we all know the Carolina Panthers is generally Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey who is is just going to be. Even better somehow because there's more targets. Four words describe the whole team: Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, they're so good. However, DJ Moore should definitely be at the very least a WR two in fantasy football. So yeah, starting a week second seven, DJ Moore had five targets, and for the rest of the year he had usually at least four targets in almost all those games. Put up a one fifty seven and a touchdown in one game. He did only have two scores uh, on the year. Um, because so, most of them are the other two guys we mentioned. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So you expect a rookie to start out a little slow like that. With 788 yards on 55 catches, uh, they got rid of Devin Funches, so he's going to be featured more. Yeah. I expect you know him pushing 70, uh, 75 catches this year. Yeah, he'll be good. Um, New Orleans Saints, they re-up with Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, something that you mentioned 
that he might be just trying to situate himself in there because Drew Brees wants to move on to his Jimmy John's franchises throughout the United States. And so he's not going to be quarterback forever. And right. forever probably means like two more years based on his... Teddy uh, might have to wait a little while, but if he's patient, I think that he could you know, he could wind up being really good. Not a bad place sitting on the Saints. In fact, they're a Super Bowl-ready team. Um, so so he, more than any other thing, like is, is sitting there in a contender. Uh, when I was talking about him maybe going to the Dolphins... And he's Dolphins, one snap away from playing for the contender. He was probably like, yeah, I'd go to the Dolphins and ruin my career. Right. Or, yeah. or I could get a Super Bowl ring and then maybe start ahead of Drew Brees. I could remind everyone of... Ryan Tannehill for no reason. When we talk about losses, Mark Ingram went to the Ravens. That's a big loss for multiple reasons. Mark Ingram has always been uh, an amazing running back for them, uh, both pass catching and, uh, and and regular rushing. He's been a good guy in the locker room, etc. And when I look on the New Orleans Saints subreddits and the NFL subreddits and uh, those communities out there, um, even the beat reporters, they all said that Mark Ingram was such a loss to the heart and soul of the team. And I always found it so tragic that uh, Sean Payton didn't like Mark Ingram because <laughs> if he just ran him like you know with more snaps, he would have been one of the the bigger guys in the NFL. But now he's on the Ravens. We'll talk about that when we get there. But they signed Latavius Murray from the Vikings, and Latavius Murray was looked upon kind of the same way from Vikings fans, which is interesting. I don't think that he'll get as many snaps as Mark Ingram did, but I do think that Murray will suck up some good fantasy value and have a couple big games sprinkled in. What this ultimate means ultimately means, though, is that is that Kamara is going to be the lead back without any um, without any uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? Without anybody kind of taking carries from him. He's gonna have. He's gonna almost be a bell cow at this point. No, absolutely not. Latavius Murray is gonna have a lot of carries in that game. But what I'm saying is, Kamara is gonna have more than he did with Ingram. Yeah, that Ingram offense was runs the split. This the is Saints be have always run a, as a two or three running back. This is offense. gonna be more of a two to one split, I think. Well, where Ivan Kamara gets like two thirds of the carries. It remains to be seen, but I, I I agree with the sentiment that And they're probably gonna keep running trick plays with Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we do I know that. I never understood that. I get that he's a good player, but why would you take Drew Brees off the field? And Taysom Hill's going to Taysom Hill's going to be uh, jealous of Teddy. Drew Brees is going to go down as one of the top five quarterbacks ever. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Deshaun Jackson, and Adam Humphreys both leave, so Chris Godwin's stock rises dramatically. Number two wide receiver. The hype train has left the station. You know how to confuse yourself? Draft Marquise Goodwin and Chris Godwin. <laughs> And have them on your team all year. Uh, fair enough. Godwin is a, a guy who was great in college. He's a great physical specimen. He's going to do really well in this league. Even guys uh, who are now the, the head coach, like Bruce Arians, have said that his uh, um, basically limitless opportunity for Godwin, which is great talk from a guy like Arians. Uh, they signed Brashad Perryman. That doesn't matter. That's that's kind of a, a failed. It's like the most notable signing they've made too. A failed receiver who will they use as a kind of a backup? Yeah, or... Perriman was in Baltimore and then Cleveland. He's not. Uh, but the new coach, Bruce Arians, uh, we'll see if he gets anything out of Jameis Winston. But what we do know is that he has a lot of people to work with, and he will score a lot of points. And the Bucks already score a lot of points, uh, so. Uh, I, I'm expecting big fantasy numbers from this team. I think it's going to be fun. 
I, I don't know what the hell is going to go on with running back at that, on that team. They have Ronald Jones, who's a second-round pick from last year. They've got Peyton Barber. Maybe they're going to draft a running back. Um, who knows? They also lost Deion, De, Deshaun Jackson. Um, but like you said, they score a lot of points, uh, and they just have Jameis Winston. There's no Ryan Fitzpatrick breathing down his neck. Um, and I, what I am most, most interested in seeing is what the new coach is going to do with the tight ends. You know, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard. Um, we've seen lots of good flashes from both of those guys. He's going to use them. Well, the tight end position has been barren, especially last year. Let's hope that this is two guys who's who are going to rise in production to help that position's depth. There are some good young tight ends. I owned a lot but of them in fantasy Dynasty wise. Leagues. It was really bad last year. Not for me, but there I have George Ertz Kittle and Kelsey, Kelsey <laughs> and Kittle, and that was it. Well, I'm there sorry. Was three tight ends last year. I'm sorry that other teams didn't draft wisely at the tight end position. Only three teams could draft wisely. <laughs> it's not seven other teams' fault for not drafting them. Although it is a little because none of these guys were first round picks. It 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 moves and it ebbs and flows. So we'll we'll see what happens. NFC North. NFC North. Um, so I would like to take a drink instead of jumping right into it, if you don't mind. All right, so let us dive into the uh, alphabetically earliest division in the whole league, starting with the Chicago Bears. Uh, so they signed Mike Davis, and he is going to obviously wind up in a rotation with Tariq Cohen, uh, and as of now, Jordan Howard as well, because Howard's still on the team, even if he may wind up going elsewhere. Uh, they released Cody Parkey, and here in Chicago, could you hear the sigh of relief of all the Bears fans? I think it's you? so silly. <laughs> it, what's funny is it, it's going to turn out that it would have been better to keep him. They're going to get someone who misses the field goals rather than almost missing the field yeah, goals. Yeah, they signed a guy named Blewett. <laughs> there you go, Chicago Bears fans. Ha-ha. Uh, and the other signing that they have is for Cordrell Patterson, who is a gadget guy, and he's probably going to be mostly used... I believe, as a returner. They did not have a returner really last year. They shuffled between a few guys. None of them were that good. Um, so we'll see him returning kicks uh, and punts this year, I assume, and getting in on offense occasionally. But, you know, just like Dove and Hester or even Cordell Patterson in the past, he's not going to be fantasy relevant on offense because uh, he's really not going to get enough opportunities. Okay. I'd be surprised if he gets his five, gets five touches in any one game. Um. So we've got the Detroit Lions, and they signed Danny Amendola, who is going to fill the Golden Tate role, uh, presumably. They still have the same offense running, uh, and they're both sort of a slot guy. They have good receivers there. Um, so if if they improve the offensive line, there, there should be a good passing offense like it always has been. Last year seemed to be a really off year for the Lions, even though their new running back did pretty well. Yeah, Kenyon uh, or Carryon Johnson uh, looks really good, and they've got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. 
So uh, things will be all right in Detroit, I suppose. And they signed they another good to, blocking tight end, too. They just have to get over the fact that Detroit sucks. <laughs> uh, they did sign Jesse James as well from the Steelers. And I only mention him because, as we just were talking about tight ends, that position is mostly barren. And you really uh, you know, can go looking for tight ends. You know, and not find a lot. So Eric Ebron, the guy who kept scoring touchdowns for no reason, is was the fourth best tight end last year. It wasn't no reason. And he was way behind the other guys. <laughs> and then the the jump between Ebron <laughs> and then you've got Cook and then the next guys is just it falls off a cliff. Sure. Oh, it's terrible. You go from a, a okay double digit average to like seven points a game. Well, we're putting a we're putting a lot of good tight ends into the league this year and next year. There's two really really good tight ends in this year's draft. So, I think are they we're both from Iowa. There are two good tight ends from Iowa. There are two tight ends from Iowa coming in this year, yeah. Fant and somebody else. But yes, uh some of them are from Iowa, but George Kittle is going to make those guys a lot of money. They're known for <laughs> <laughs> I was known for for being a good tight end team. I mean, uh, that's that's just how it is. Our buddy who went to Iowa <laughs> makes sure to remind us of that all the time. Yeah. All right. So on to the Green Bay Packers. They don't have any offensive signings, as far as I'm aware. Um, two notable players did leave their team. Randall Cobb left as a free agent. He's over in the Cowboys now. Um, so they had a lot of young wide receivers last year. Those guys are just going to get more reps. We'll see if Equinemius St. Brown or Marquez Valdez Scantling. I remembered both of those. I didn't even look it up. Scantron, yeah. Uh, we'll be able to uh, They'll you know, take steps up, of course. Become, it, you know, bigger players in the offense. But ultimately, that whole team is about the connection between Rodgers and, you know, who? Uh, oh, uh, James Or not Greg... I'm just going to run through all of them before I get to the current one. Uh, James, Greg? Devontae. Yes. So Devontae Adams, of course, will be uh, a top five wide receiver. Oh, he's going to catch if 10 not, passes a game this If year. not top three, and uh, he's going to be a, a really good component. Oh, yeah. He's going he's gonna to have a lot of success. Which means he'll probably have an ACL in week three and screw all of the fantasy teams. It sounds like they might <laughs> go with the uh, the mixture of running backs again. The new coach has said that he likes both of them. Of course they will. So that's just, you know, another annoying situation. And then you want on defense, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams? On defense, they lost the uh, long-haired man. Well, Clay Matthews went to uh, to a snowy place that was not Green Bay, right? That is not. That's, yeah. Well, I thought he went to a warm place. I don't know. Where'd he go? I thought he went to L.A. Did he go to the Oh, yeah. Maybe he went to the Rams. I, I, will, I will search his name and find out. He's aging but still has blonde locks. I mean, come on. He's younger than us. <laughs> yeah, he was born in '86, could, so he is on the Los Angeles. Rams. You got to cut out that line of thinking because because there's nobody who's going to be younger than us in a couple of years. So no, they'll all be younger than us. No, I mean the other way. It around, works yes. the other way around. Dave. Sorry. What, I, what I'm saying is, uh, we we shouldn't be doting on on that. It's not like we're competing with these uh, gentlemen. <laughs> but it, but one could tr- can do it in their mind. Well, I could I could beat one of them perhaps in uh, an, some kind of wager involving beer or whiskey. Sure. Do you think you could beat any NFL players, including kickers and punters, in like a fist fight? No. <laughs> Is there a... no no? Oh, you mean can't I beat any like in of a them? bar fight or something? I don't know. Oh oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, I thought you. I'm meant... not saying like do their job better than them. Yes. Because it's definitely no. Yes. Okay. 
I think I think there's some there's some little guys. I think there's some really scrawny uh, uh, little guys or or punters like you said that are maybe a little too big for their britches. I mean, what <laughs> what about like an old guy? I guess there aren't too many old guys in the league. Don't ask me to beat up old guys. Why would I do that? <laughs> Let's just move on to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so they haven't signed any offensive players as far as I know. Uh, they do have Gary Kubiak to run the offense, even though he's not the offensive coordinator in name. i got to assume if he's there, he's going to have a lot of influence over what the offense is doing. Um, and they, we, just, we talked about earlier, they don't have uh, Latavius Murray anymore, so that opens up a lot of carries for Delvin Cook. Um, and they've got the one of the best wide receiving tandems in the league. Well, the Vikings should be good, but they weren't. So they're they're concentrating on just dealing Kirk with their cousins. Well, cousins has been good. They're just dealing with whatever Kirk cousins should be good, but he isn't. They're just dealing with whatever the the wrinkles are that are causing them, causing them to not connect right on all cylinders. I think it's a combination of lots of things that should be good, but they aren't. <laughs> well, that's that's the NFL for Minneapolis you. Minneapolis should be one of the best cities in the country, but it's frozen for four, five months a year. Sure, I always visit my uh, my family at that time. Right, and like <laughs> it's it's cool, but it's not like the most desirable place to be. It was like, would you like to come up here? Well, if it's February, you have to get through the wall. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, I know Jon Snow, and he lets me in, and it's all good. And yeah, oh, it's a lot easier than climbing the wall. That's right. Well, let's move on to the next division. <laughs> So remember, if you're listening and you know the theme, please go ahead and email Dave at Drink5 or Jason at Drink5 and let us know. As our trivia friend says, the clues may not always be great, but they are always there. (laughs) So like I said earlier, hurry up offense, name of the game, Dallas Cowboys... Uh, we just talked about signed Randall Cobb, and he'll play the slot to replace Cole Beasley, who they lost, and Terrence Williams, who they declined the option on. Um, and so Randall Cobb... Oh, really? Terrence Williams isn't there anymore? No. Oh, I, I skipped that. So Randall Cobb might be good in the short term, um, but he's an aging player who's been losing steps, etc., and oh, okay. We're really just looking at um, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, and also Michael Gallup, who did pretty well last year as a as a rookie as the receiving core. However, oh, they did pick up Alan Hearns's option as well. Sure, I didn't really see him do much last year, but we'll see uh, what he can do. I have a soft spot for the ex Jaguars receivers from the start <laughs> of the decade. Sure, <laughs> little Cecil Shorts, little Alan Hearns. Yeah, cheers. Sprinkle on that it one. on, yeah. Um, we'll see, but they have a conservative passing offense, uh, which is basically just going to give the ball to Amari Cooper, Force Fed, and Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't expect much, except that Michael Gallup might become fantasy relevant as a depth player. Dave, I think you're burying the lead here. And that's that the most boring announcer we've ever seen is back at tight end. <laughs> I I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> Jason Witten is back at tight end. Hey, tight end was barren. He, do you think he could be fantasy relevant at all? I think at this point he'll he'll be okay at that position. 
Okay. Which which might make him like the number nine or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They, hey, it's not going to take much to be the number nine. Well, I, this guy, he the should, number nine last year. The was... only reason he came back in is because he read his reviews of uh, Monday Night Football. <laughs> number nine last year was David Njoku, who scored one hundred and fifteen point nine points on the season. Well, Njoku's going to even improve on that probably now in Cleveland. So we'll see. He was one ahead of Vance McDonald. Um, the New York Giants, Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns. Bye-bye. So, peace. But they did sign Golden Tate, which, while it doesn't make sense to me as a signing... I based... haven't heard anyone who it makes sense to. Anyone who's mentioned it, I'll say it doesn't make any sense. But I kind of understand it because I think Golden Tate here, I think they signed him for a multi-year deal, and he'll provide stability for whoever it is that they want to bring in or whatever happens in this team. But they basically are figuring themselves out right now to be like a middle-of-the-road team for the distance, which doesn't make sense in the NFL. Uh, But from fantasy perspective, Eli Manning is going to throw a lot of short passes to Golden Tate. Why would they want to be a middle-of-the-road team, though? I don't care. It doesn't make any sense. I don't care what their motivations are. That's what they're doing. You're totally right. I mean, they are setting themselves up for like a five and eleven season. Yeah. Well, maybe six games, maybe six and ten. But I agree. Not, with, not by trading away Odell Beckham. They lose. They lose a win or two by trading him away. But who cares about what their record and motivation is? We're only interested in fantasy results. I know, but you, it's just so confusing. So, from a fantasy perspective, Golden Tate is going to be an awesome PPR guy. I think he gains a lot. Uh, because he wasn't doing so well in the Eagles. I think it'll be more like it was on Detroit. There's going to be a lot of short passes to him whenever they're not to Saquon. Yeah, they're never going to throw the ball deep. It gives him a, a... I mean, he's going to get seven, eight passes a game, just like he did in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Golden Tate will definitely be the best. So his PPR value is awesome this year. Um, Philadelphia Eagles traded for Deshaun Jackson, who comes back. Uh, he'll be a decent deep threat alongside uh, Elshon Jeffrey. And they let Nick Foles go in free agency, so it's Carson Wentz or nobody. I don't know who the backup is, but it's nobody we're speaking about right now. At the moment, on the depth chart, uh, it's listed as Nate Sudfeld and then Carson Wentz. That's that's great. (laughs) Uh, And they've got Jay Ajayi, who is not yet a free agent. Uh, It seemed like he might be, but I suppose now that they've kept him, uh, they'll probably just keep him for the season. No, I think Ajayi still yeah, could go gonna, somewhere. He's going to leave, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Uh, Washington Redskins might be the worst team in the league this year. Uh, it'll, it's a battle between like the Redskins and the Dolphins and maybe a couple other that we can mention. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. But the Redskins, unfortunately, signed Alex Smith. Uh, unfortunately who, for Alex Smith. Well, who ended up getting injured, and then they went through multiple other quarterbacks, all of which who were not good. May I list them? Go ahead. Uh, they went through Colt McCoy. And they went through Josh Johnson, and uh, currently have Mark Sanchez on the roster. Was he? Did he play at all last year? I he, thought he, he did. did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Ooh. They all had their try at it. Yeah, that was crazy. Not only that, but they lost Jameson Crowder to the Jets because he needed to get the heck out of there because he's a good receiver. They would have been better off with Garrett Gilbert <laughs> of the Orlando Apollos. Well, <laughs> so what we've got on the Redskins is basically uh, whoever they sign, uh, whether free agent or rookie, to play quarterback. Um, and we've got Trey Quinn, who did okay in a couple weeks last year, but that is not someone who you want to put any chips behind. Um, and they're just going to be a really bad team, so you really shouldn't look at them uh, for any fantasy value. Uh, except perhaps for the run game. What about your guy, Paul Richardson? No, that's not okay. my guy. 
Not anymore? Because I'm a guy, pal. He was your guy back in Seattle a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, I also like Brian Quick, but we know how many fantasy he That was he your has. guy like when we started the podcast. I think the Redskins just signed him again, so he might... He is, he is on the depth chart right now. Yeah. i got to look at his career stats, because Brian Quick is really a uh, fucking blast from the past. So he played for... Yeah, he had like three catches last year. Good for him. Well, it's not my fault they don't use him. He has good, he has good physical stats. Yeah. Listen up, folks. It's the AFC conference. That was a very entertaining song. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I probably started at the wrong spot. Well, that's okay. If you guys know what the theme is, please email. There's David a lot at of help 5. with the theme tonight. Don't worry about or it. Or Jason at Drink Five. Someone's gonna get it. I have faith in you guys. And <laughs> let us know. But Jason, uh, you want to? You want to start? Or you want me to? We will jump into the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so the Bills have been struggling with consistency from all their pass catchers mostly. Um, after week 13, last year they released Calvin Benjamin, who wound up going to the buffet with uh, Andy Reid later on. That's right. Good move on and his part. did nothing out there, but he was still uh, had a chance at the Super Bowl. So this season the Bills have acquired John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Tyler Croft. Uh, new targets for you know second-year quarterback Josh Allen. I get the right Josh this time Yes, uh, because it's in front of me. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I do like the uh, John Brown signing. Um, uh, I, I've always thought that he's had some talent, and in Arizona that was always a tough place to play lately for some reason. Well, then he was in Baltimore. Uh, and that is where wide receivers go to die. <laughs> So true more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just run the ball all game long. Who wants to be a receiver? Oh, uh, Michael Crabtree must be kicking himself. Much better to be an Ingram than a Brown in that team. Absolutely. Um, so we'll see what happens. They've also got uh the speedsters, uh Zay Jones and who was the other guy uh who played last Robert year? Robert Foster. Yeah, Robert Foster was like the shit at the end of the year, like getting 100 yards and a touchdown when nobody else was. Well, you say speedster. I, I've included their 40-yard dash times uh, here in I the even, stats. I, I like – I love stats, Dave, but I have no idea, like, what it means for a 40-yard dash. Because 40-yard dash times are so close. It's like how could it be that um, – you know, how could it make that much of a difference? This is a different podcast, but that's separation. It's it's if you can do a move to get someone to not go the same direction and then you're faster than them, the separation is apparent. Sure, and you see the speed on the field, but I always have felt that like even some of the fastest guys can't get separation. Um, so Zay Jones has a four four five uh, forty yard time. John Brown four three four, and Robert Foster is four four one. Suffice to say, they're all speedy. Dudes. They're all. Very fast. That's all that really matters. Much faster than Rich Eisen, as we learn. Yes, Rich Eisen is not fast. <laughs> He's probably faster than we could run it, though, to give Rich some, some credit. Um, so the Bills are going to have good deep targets. Uh, LaShawn McCoy still on the team, but Frank Gore will rotate in with him. Uh, he's a new signing. He is also um, immortal, apparently. So that's right. Um, you know, probably buy a little bit of stock in Frank Gore this year. He's a Highlander until someone cuts his head off. <laughs> 
so the Miami Dolphins do not have Ryan Tannehill anymore. He is now in Nashville, but they do have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the ultimate tank quarterback. Uh, so Fitz is, as you say, going to lead the team to even higher highs and lower lows. Uh, Frank Gore won't be around anymore, so Kenyon Drake is going to get a lot more work. Um, that should be good, you know, for fantasy value for him. Uh, it surprised me that they re-signed Devontae Parker. Um, but with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who knows? They need a deep target, yeah. Anything could happen with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, they're literally... That's the Fitz magic about it. They're going to win, like, four games they shouldn't win, and then lose a whole bunch of shit. And then lose 12 games <laughs> that they should lose. And a few of those 12 will be games that they should have won. That's going to be hilarious. Uh, so the New England Patriots, the story with them is that they basically haven't signed anyone. Um, they did pick up one guy. Let me look at their depth chart because I know that they have uh, one of the old receivers from Washington. Um, and, and it's always weird when you see the New England Patriots sign someone because you're like, what do they know that the rest of the people don't know? Because clearly the New England Patriots don't make too many mistakes. Uh, they signed Maurice Harris. Uh, eh. Yeah, I know. Depth. That's a lot of eh. Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett will be the main stories there. And whatever they might wind up with as far as... Um, I still think they'll sign another uh, free agent at some point, but we don't know who that'll be yet. Yeah, and I guess we don't necessarily have confirmation that Rob Gronkowski is going to be back. But even last year, he was the tight end 11, which makes it hard to want to like keep him in a rotation this year. Well, I- I've been down on him for a while, but shouldn't someone tell him that he's not going to be good in movies and people aren't going to hire him? Because he's not a good actor. So he should stay in football when he's not doing good there either? <laughs> he's doing fine. He's making millions of dollars a year. <laughs> I, I, I don't see an issue financially. And but... he gets lots of, promo- uh, of uh, you know, he gets to promote a lot of things. Oh, yeah. 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 So the New York Jets have Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so that is probably one of the biggest, uh, it's certainly the biggest free agent signing. Uh, you could argue that the Antonio Brown trade or the Odell Beckham Jr. trade were bigger. They're all uh, similar. But they're, they're all on the same level, basically. Yeah. Uh, so this ends the year-long holdout. Could this be the, mo- the, Le'Veon Bell? the biggest moves that have ever happened since we've been doing this, though? The biggest, like, like three off Yeah, that's, that's a lot of big pieces. What did we have last year? We had... Khalil Mack, but that was a defensive player. That was probably the biggest move. Like last year. offensive fantasy pieces. I don't know if I've ever seen this many moves. Amari around. Cooper might have been the biggest move last year. Sure, but and it that wasn't, was a mid-season. Move. It was an off-season. Yeah. It, it, it affected a lot though because he wound up having so many good games on the Cowboys. Um, but yes, Le'Veon Bell uh, is finally there. So they have a really good running back for Sam Darnold. They have some good wide receiver depth as well. Uh, we really like Robbie Anderson. Um, and who else is over there? Well, Jameson Crowder, I think, will take a big step forward. Yes, he was just signed from the Washington Redskins. He was a free agent. Uh, they got Quincy Anunua, who may be redundant now that Jameson Crowder is there. Um, and there was someone else that was sticking in my head, but I'm not seeing him on the list. So I think Robbie Anderson's really going to be your WR1 this year for Sam Darnold. Well, you've got Adam Gase uh, running a whole, a whole, a much better situation than he had in Miami. That's true, and so he should. I never, th- I haven't thought about it. That he way. should be able to do a really nice job with these pieces, and I don't know if they're all going to be cohesive right away. But I already saw last year. I mean, on one of my uh, uh, championship winning teams, I had Sam Darnold playing the last couple weeks, and he was really good. And I was watching him at the end of the year. Disclaimer, Dave was on a team that you could start up to three quarterbacks. 
that's why it was still a good team with Sam, with Sam Darnold. When I was watching him at the end of the year, um, w- sure, whatever, uh, whatever disclaimer you want. But the point is, he is a franchise quarterback that's going to be there for many years. Yeah, and he was playing really well. He was throwing Robbie Anderson long distance touchdowns. He was passing it off to uh, guys like Elijah McGuire, um, who are going to be irrelevant now with Le'Veon Bell. I've been impressed by Sam Darnold in the league so far this year. He yeah. started out. And threw a pick six on his first pass and wound up winning the game on the road. Well, I think he's like, a guy. He, he doesn't get bothered by stuff like that. I clearly. think I think he's a guy whose uh, talent is on par with someone like Baker Mayfield, who actually won the Heisman uh, last year. So he was definitely two years ago. Uh, yes, two years ago. Last so, year he should have won the Rookie of the Year. Well, I don't know. The, a little a little bit above uh, that, but but what I'm saying is he's someone who was brought into a team and didn't have as many good pieces at the time. Uh, so it didn't click as well. So uh, do you agree the Jets will probably take a step forward in general now with these big offensive pieces that they put in? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I Jets can and totally Browns. see the Jets as being the second-place team in that division. The Jets and the Browns are going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about seeing the Browns this year. And the Raiders. Man, what, what craziness. What craziness. What, what, a, what a time we live in, Dave. Mm. That's good stuff. Uh, So AFC North, my favorite division. Take it away, Dave. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens. Ravens signed Mark Ingram from the Saints to be the primary ball carrier. They had Kenneth Dixon there. They had Gus Edwards there. Before that, Alex Collins there. Well, Alex Collins is dead weight, and he was already released a long time ago. I thought he got cut because he got in trouble. I. He he was never a great running back. Those those guys are all like we're playing them because this is what we're doing. Alex Collins was never a guy that uh, at least the dynasty circles that I move in thought that uh, that he would be there for a long period of time. He was arrested earlier this month. Uh, he crashed his Corvette into a tree about a mile from the Ravens facility. They found uh, ten grams of marijuana and a handgun inside the vehicle. So, like, every running back. Guys, keep your marijuana and your guns in different places. How many times do we have to tell you that? He's on a list with 30 other running backs. <laughs> so so they cut him, basically, as soon as he got arrested, which means they weren't really that high on him anyways. Because they would have waited a few days before cutting him if they liked him. So the Ravens have a, a decent line. Uh, Gus Edwards did really well. Kenneth Dixon did well. Obviously, Alex Collins did well. It's one of those teams and schemes where a lot of people could work but when you sign someone like mark ingram for a, a distance contract it wasn't just a one-year contract right um you you were signing him to be your ball carrier um and i think ingram, Are you telling me that ty montgomery isn't going to develop into the running back we all know him to be that's what i'm telling you <laughs> damn it <laughs> so if that team is and they are running like 60 to 80 percent of the time then Ingram is going to have... I think that's a low estimate there. Ingram is going to have a very good year. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is uh, 
Um, their wide receivers, for example, they they got rid of John Brown, who was shipped off, and they haven't signed anybody else. So basically, they don't even care about them. And there was a little bit of a mention uh, in some fantasy circles earlier this year about we're going to try to get Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to more people. Like I think all of that is is just. um, it's fanciful. Like yeah. Michael Crabtree is a free agent as well. Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback that can occasionally throw the ball to a short target. They have four tight ends that are all excellent on that team. There's a reason why they're buffed up on running back, offensive line, and tight ends. It's because all they plan on doing for the next three years is running the ball. They're running what essentially the Giants should try to run, but they're setting their team up in a much better way. They they will continue to be good, and it's going to be baffling uh, because in this NFL, everybody throws the ball, but the Ravens will continue to plow through teams because everyone's like, we don't understand how to handle this anymore, and no one else is running it. I think that, I personally think that someone will, fi- a, a team will figure it out in a way that other teams will be able to copy it. Well, that's already happened, but they'll continue to change things up, you know? That's that's yeah. how it has yeah, to be. Yeah, we saw the Chargers really put a stop to it in the playoffs. Well, regardless, Lamar Jackson is going to have a lot of fantasy points, and so is Mark Ingram, and no one else on that team is really worth considering. All right, what's your least favorite team in the NFC in the AFC North? So the Bengals re-signed That's Tyler right. Eifert. They dumped Vontaze Perfect. They are still the Bengals. They are looking for a quarterback. They have uh, decent wide receiver talent in Boyd and Green. Um, they're just looking for something that they still have not been able to put their hands on. The Cleveland Browns are a really big team to talk about right now. They picked up Kareem Hunt, who is suspended for the first eight games of 2019. So Nick Chubb will be the leader uh, of that team as far as running backs are concerned. However, uh, they do have another guy on that team who has been so good uh, as a PPR running back, and there's no reason why they won't continue that. Duke Johnson, man. Duke uh, Johnson. I mean, they signed him to a good deal at the beginning of last year, and they really did not end up using him very much. And I know a lot of that has to do with the coaching change, but they had the same offensive coordinator the whole time. I suppose maybe Hugh Jackson was just telling the coordinator what to do, and he didn't like it. Well, sure, and the Browns picked up Hunt for, for pennies because of all of his issues. And he may even never play the game again. We'll, we'll, it remains to be seen how he reacts to all of this. Um, but... They did pick him up as a as a piece that could eventually be Hunt and Chubb, which would be really cool. That would be a pretty lethal backfield when you have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. I'm getting going there. up the middle and running down the field. I'm getting there. Yeah, and so they they also have uh, Beckham and Landry who were teammates at LSU and still good friends. And it'll be really fun to see those guys as the offense with Antonio Callaway, who's a deep threat young dude who can also stretch the defense. And so that that will be a really fun thing to watch. They may be setting themselves up as for like an explosion of ridiculous amounts of uh, of like ego, etc. But we'll see. And no matter what happens here, it could all blow up in their face because it's the Cleveland Browns. No matter what happens here, it's going to be fun to watch. But they clearly got all the talent they could possibly get. Uh, and they've wrapped it up into a little ball, and they're throwing it over the fence. I'd love to see them do hard knocks again this year. That would be really fun. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers lost Le'Veon Bell. Of course, he went to the Jets. Antonio Brown went to the Raiders, and that's going to be a problem because for a long time, they were kind of the, the best one-two punch in all of football. 
But when we looked at the season last year, for example, and saw what James Conner did against the uh, or, uh, behind the same offensive line, we saw that those uh, those accolades for Le'Veon Bell maybe they're a little overstated because Conner actually performed better than Bell did against uh, behind the same line. Now Antonio Brown is going to be harder to did replace. Did he have a better season than Bell ever had? I believe so. That. Uh, I, I don't need to dig into that right now. That seems remarkable, if true. Juju Smith-Schuster uh, is is a wonderful wide receiver, but he's not Antonio Brown. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to continue to lead as a number one guy. Uh, they have James Washington, who is is the next guy up on, on that wide receiver cycle that tends to do really well. But they did pick up Dante Moncrief, so I would say... It's more likely that Moncrief ends up being the number two guy uh, as a target for Ben and Juju and Connor and Moncrief. Uh, and, be, and Rogers is he going to have much to do with there? Eli Rogers. Uh, well, well, there's Eli Rogers. They also re-signed the other guy whose name is uh, Ryan Switzer. Is Ryan Switzer? So they, those guys are slot guys, you know, yeah. uh, and not as important on this team. But uh, Vance McDonald will probably be an even better tight end right now because. Getting rid of Jesse James makes him the number one guy, and uh, and probably owning all those snaps. Yeah, Vance McDonald was the number ten tight end last year, um, so getting more share is going to help him improve that. Yeah, so when we're talking about tight ends not doing as well overall, I feel like Vance McDonald will probably end up being um, somewhere between five and ten uh, in the tight end. So someone who's going to be drafted. Maybe a little overlooked because people might think the Steelers' offense won't do as well this year. But I don't see anything that leads me to believe that because they have one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in football. I mean, there's there has to be at least a small dip after Antonio Brown. Look, I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying. not saying they're going to continue their record, etc. But fantasy points on offense with Ben doing there's the, lots of options there. With Ben like throwing more than he's ever thrown before last year, and it's still there for a couple of years, there's no reason to think that their offense will get worse. It will be similar. Yeah. All right. I know you want to talk about the Jaguars. I can't wait. I'm not going to start with them. <laughs> this is definitely a guitar solo that you can sing. So, uh, we will start when I... Oh, I have them up already. The Houston Texans. Uh, they have no offensive acquisitions or losses of note. They made it to the playoffs last year, and they just need to get better with uh, who they are as a team. They have Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, which should be the greatest passing t- in receiving tandem in the league. And Will Fuller and Kiki Cutie and, and, and Will Lamar Fuller Miller. scores a touchdown like every five times he touches the ball. Yeah, I mean, they just have to keep doing the, the they Texans They need to stay thing, healthy, right? and they need to find a way to improve on the way that they do things now. They're fun to watch, yeah. Uh, so they do have Lamar Miller still for another year. It looked like, you know, they were an outside chance at getting Le'Veon Bell, which would have been a huge improvement. Um, I didn't hear that. I, I, I heard it for like a week in maybe January. I guess it wasn't that big a deal. But Lamar Miller, um, 
I think it's going to be like his last productive year. So if you're in Dynasty, this is the kind of year where you're going to look to deal him after he's had a good game. Wow. That means, everyone, that, that Lamar Miller is going to have a career like Frank Gore, and he'll be 37 before he stops producing. That's Dynasty. my secret, Dave, because I will keep <laughs> Lamar Miller on the Dynasty League instead. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think that there's a lot of good here. They need to stay healthy, uh, and Deshaun Watson needs to not hold the ball as long. I think is basically the only thing he needs to, one of the only things he needs to improve. Cool. Uh, so over in Indianapolis, uh, the team who all off season I kept hearing they have so much cap space, but apparently that doesn't matter because everyone else has cap space and everyone else signed all the free agents. And Indianapolis didn't really make any splashes in free agency. Uh, they did sign Devin Funchess, who I don't think is that great. Um, but he's as a number two, he could be okay. Sure, and there was no real number one in Carolina, so maybe this will you know put him in a different light, especially as far as a fantasy production uh, goes, because clearly T.Y. Hilton is going to be the number one guy there. Um, yeah, he was like a one trick. Aside from guy. that, they have um, you know they they would like a, a a word with you, Dave, when you talk about the best offensive line in the league, because they have two All Pro offensive linemen, I believe, that they drafted last year. Um, or maybe one is on defense, but uh, I do know that their offensive line is fantastic. Uh, they've got Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, which was a good uh, tight end tandem last year. Although, typically what you wanted is for one of them to be injured and you have the other one on your team. Uh, but that's the case with a lot of positions. And Marlon Mack played well, so not a lot of changes on the Colts. They're going to still be good. When we talk about point. teams that made it far in the playoffs, uh, you know, a lot of times they don't change things unless they have to get rid of players. True. I mean, it makes a lot of sense with the Colts. So let's talk like about we a did team let's do it that again. needs to make a lot of changes and did start making changes. The Jacksonville Jaguars released Blake Bortles, um, and they have now signed Nick Foles, whose name is in caps because he's over 30. And he's also never played well outside of the Eagles. But at least he's going to be like in a similar color uniform. The green and the blue are close together. I don't know. They signed uh, Thomas Rawls as well and David Williams from the Broncos. Um, but with Leonard Fournette there, I- I'm not sure who's going to be the fantasy relevant uh, running back. Uh, they also have TJ Yeldon, of course. So there's a lot going on. I don't really know what is going to happen with the Jaguars other than they'll be a little bit better and a little more consistent, a little less intercepty than last year. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing about that is that because they do have Leonard Fournette and they release Carlos Hyde, uh, Rolls and Williams are depth pieces, and it seems to me like they're still going to sign one of the available free agents. So there's TJ Yeldon, Isaiah Crowell, Doug Martin, or Jay Ajayi. There's a lot of guys they could sign to be that number two person, especially with all the injuries that Leonard Fournette had. I don't think they believe in him as a 16-game-per-season guy. That makes sense. It really does. But it... but if, if someone comes in there as a number two, they could have a lot of value. Um, you know, drafted like towards the end of a fantasy draft, end of the draft type of value, yeah. Because how 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 many uh, sh- shekels uh, would you put on Leonard Fournette uh, lasting the entire season? <laughs> I, I, I bet three shekels. Exactly, that's not a lot of shekels. No, it's not too many shekels. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't have that much faith in Leonard Fournette. I must admit, I am not a Leonard Fournette hater, but nor am I a drafter of Leonard Fournette. 
so let's move on to a team that I might draft someone from, uh, the Tennessee Titans, although I haven't really drafted many people from them in the past few years. Um, so Durant Tannehill is now the backup to Marcus Mariota, who you uh, smartly point out, Mariota has never played a full season. He's always had someone come in. So someone needs to be there to play. And Tannehill will be a worthy backup, I have to assume. Yep. Um, so they also signed Adam Humphreys from ten, uh, Tampa Bay. And uh, with not a lot going on at wide receiver there, you know, with Corey Davis and Tajay Sharp, Taewon Taylor, I, I, you know, nobody there is stepping up to be the guy for Marcus Mariota. So, it, you know, it's Adam Humphrey's, you know, spot to lose uh, if he wants 80 catches this year. Um, they still could, I think Jordan Nelson visited them this week, uh, or was it last week? Um, so we'll see where he winds up going. That wouldn't be a bad signing. I suspect that they could use a little bit of veteran presence in the wide receiver room uh, in order to help stabilize that team. Um, so the big story here with Tennessee really is the explosion of Derrick Henry at the end of the year last year. He finally like looked like he was living up to the running back status that he wanted, and people are going to be drafting him high uh, in the top ten this year, I suspect, like in the back end of that top ten uh, running backs this year. I agree. Only yeah. thing I have to add is uh, is Corey Davis is definitely the number one there. He had almost a thousand yards, um, so he kind of quietly. Um, has... It's a very quiet number one. What I'm saying is, if Adam Humphreys can step up, it's all his. Humphreys is slot, whereas uh, Corey Davis is is an Z. outside guy. Yeah, but I still think like if you can if you can step up and like be a an impact player at the wide receiver position on that team, then Mariota's going to throw you the ball a lot. All right, remains to be seen. So, you know, it's slot guy, maybe 90, 100 catches then. And he can still put up another 1,000 yards. Why not? Well, Dave, you were right. I'll give it to you. What's that? We're going to make it. That's true. <laughs> but if if we were to dive even further into these guys and specific ADPs and more statistics, we would need more time. But I think the purpose of tonight, which we got through to everybody, uh, which is wonderful, is we're just trying to figure out who's on whose team because every year it gets a little crazy. Yeah, you just need an update, and it helps to get it all in one place. So it is a good thing that we did it all in one go. So let's talk about the AFC West. We have the Denver Broncos. Broncos have won the Joe Flacco lottery, so congratulations there. Oh, yes, you must pop some champagne for that one. He seems like he's one beer better than Case Keenum, which is not a whole lot better. Can we get a DPA? <laughs> no, I mean, or look. DPI beer? Th- this guy was awesome in the playoffs one year. He won the MVP. You know, He won the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl. He was not the MVP. <laughs> Didn't he get the MVP of the Super Bowl? Oh, it might be of the Super Bowl. That's what I'm referring to. I mean, usually it is the quarterback. Well, regardless. Uh, Joe Flacco. As he got $100 million after the Super Bowl. He, he got That's paid. That's an MVP. <laughs> he won't need one. He's the real MVP, yeah. Um, so, uh, no other news to speak of at the moment, except that uh, we could talk about their running back situation with, with Lindsey and Freeman, which is fine. They're going to continue with that. They're both rookies that did well last year. Lindsey kind of broke out. 
Uh, I look for there to be more of a balance. Yeah. Um, they'll move forward with Sutton as the number one, uh, Cortland, and Deshaun Hamilton as well. A, Emmanuel Sanders. No, again, he, he's not. He's not the kind of Z guy. Yeah, he's on the outside all the time. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you. I feel Sand- Sanders could do okay, but he may not even start the season because he was injured yeah, so he late got hurt last at year. The late, at the end of so year. all I'm talking about is is how they're going to start the season. Okay. So Cortland Sutton as the number one, uh, Deshaun Hamilton as replacing Emmanuel Sanders, who did pretty well at that position. And you must have Emmanuel Sanders on a dynasty team because I feel like you felt hurt by my comments. <laughs> Is it that obvious? Is it true? It's true. So so Emmanuel Sanders should do fine when he slots back in, uh, but he's not going to be there for long. In fact, I think it'll be the last year he's on the Broncos because he's been complaining about his contract. He's not going to sign anything with them. Etc. I wouldn't sign if they're like, oh, Joe Flacco's the answer. <laughs> I wouldn't sign there either. Sure, but I would expect... Joe Flacco, you're right, Super Bowl 42's MVP, uh, tied Joe Montana's single-season postseason record, which was 11 touchdown passes with no interceptions. He was awesome. So he was postseason. great eight years ago he had one for a streak. little while. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it doesn't mean he can't do well for the Broncos, but he's not the solution there. And the Broncos are another team looking for their next quarterback. Unfortunately, John Elway has been really, really bad at that. And unfortunately for the team management, all the Broncos fans love John Elway, to so they fair, won't say anything about it. John Elway signed Peyton Manning, and that worked out for them. Yes, well, he did one <laughs> He did one thing that that's all that matters. Everyone else would have done as well. It's going to take them like 20 years to fire Elway when they realize he just lucked uh, upon... Peyton Manning. Because every quarterback he signed since if, has been you garbage. You know, he could be good at every other position, but if he keeps signing bad quarterbacks... They're all right, garbage. They're not going to keep him around. Complete garbage. It's a shame because, <laughs> you know, Denver is one of the storied franchises and it's being led by one of the storied running backs or quarterbacks and they can't get the position right. Well, it's the weirdest crazy. thing about Denver is their defense is so good, but it has nothing to do with Elway. Meanwhile, can we move on to the quarterback whisperer? Yes, but I, I, I just I wanted to... Uh, again, say that uh, that Deshaun Hamilton is a really interesting guy, and we don't know how Sanders is going to uh, uh, come back from his injuries, etc. So keep an eye on that, especially because what I think we're doing here is giving people um, an insight into drafting, uh, whether for Dynasty Absolutely. or... Absolutely, that's, that's the most... That's the biggest use of this information. So for right now, it's really difficult to to draft Sanders knowing he's not happy with the situation and he's not healthy. But when it when it comes to the actual season, if he moves into uh, that position as a healthy receiver on this team, uh, he should do well. So Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they have been plagued with problems, uh, mostly because they're not screening their employees. But let's move on. Uh, they, they they screened the shit out of Tyreek Hill. They burned him anyways. They added Carlos Hyde. Allegedly. They added Carlos Hyde for depth. Um, they have Damian and Daryl Williams. Damian uh, won me a... No relation? Uh, helped to win me a fantasy championship and uh, some other accolades. I loved Damian at the end of this year. It was awesome. Everyone that had he Damian was Williams... Good. I hope he starts next year. Well, he was one of those guys who is running behind a scheme with a quarterback that's a threat, so they couldn't stack the box, and like it was really easy for him to gain those yardage. Sure, but like Spencer Ware had all the chances in the world and didn't, you know, couldn't earn that spot really. 
So Damian Williams was the best running back on the team at the end of last year. They re-signed him because he was not expensive, and he should be the incumbent number one running back. That's what you're looking for, yes? Yes. However, uh, I think that they're still looking for an explosive person because Damian Williams, for a long time on the Dolphins and other teams, was just that other guy. Um, But the situation he's in is really great. And so... I think the biggest thing here for the Chiefs is that they signed the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger. That's going to be such a improvement for their defense. They lost uh, Chris Conley to the Jaguars, which uh, a lot of people might not know who that is, but he was actually very, very important to that team. Um, and he had a lot of short passes that were really great or first downs. And so that's depth impact. We and- could see you know, Kelvin Benjamin trying to step up in that role. Be, I don't even know if Kelvin Benjamin is going to be there. Did, wasn't he signed for a one-year he, contract? He's probably not guaranteed to be there yet. With Tyreek Hill being investigated on an alleged battery, uh, which would leave the starting receivers as Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, they clearly need another receiver on that team. But what I do think is really neat is if... Well, don't uh, forget they have Travis Kelsey. Yes. Catching passes. Absolutely. Lots of passes. One of the best tight ends ever to play. So he'll continue in that role. But what I think is really neat is that Sammy Watkins could end up having a resurgence as a number one guy here if Tyreek Hill ends up being suspended for a lot of time or even cut from the team. But there's nothing that says that that will actually happen yet, so we have to all hold our breaths and figure out what's going to occur with that situation. Yeah. Um, Los Angeles Chargers, Tyrod Taylor was added as a backup quarterback for Rivers. And Rivers has started every game since September 2006, which makes him, I think, the third longest starter or, or something like that of all quarterbacks ever. So it's not like Tyrod Taylor has a very good opportunity to play here. However, they may be looking at him as someone to you know start after Philip Rivers or as a bridge quarterback when they when they draft someone new because Rivers is one of those guys. Like some others that we've talked about, that probably only has about two years left. So Rivers is currently at 208. Uh, of course, last year it was a huge deal that Eli Manning, or two years ago, that Eli Manning stopped, stopped his that streak was so at stupid. 210. Yeah. He'd be at 223 now. <laughs> he didn't even do it on purpose. It was, it was the uh, management. Eli would be at 223 now, tied for fifth. Um, so Philip Rivers actually is tied with Peyton Manning's record at the moment. Uh, so he'll pass Peyton Manning and be 10th overall by himself uh, it, when he starts the first game of the season. It's very likely that that happens. I, yes, I, I see him starting, but I don't think he will reach Brett Favre's record of 297. Because <laughs> that's fucking nuts. So what's interesting about the Chargers is that they've been a really good team. Melvin Gordon has been one of the most underrated running backs of all time, I think. He, he does so well, but no one drafts him high where he should be. Um, the, the departure of Tyrell Williams, who goes to the Raiders along with Antonio Brown, brings up the stock of Mike Williams, who was awesome in 2018. Yeah, he had several huge games. And so I think Mike Williams' stock rises dramatically. And so uh, Mike Williams behind Keenan Allen, of course. Uh, also Hunter Henry, who just stepped in the previous year to be the guy who replaced Antonio Gates and then was injured all year long. Yeah, he uh, came back in like the very last game. So I, I feel like Hunter Henry and Mike Williams are going to be names you hear all the time on the Chargers offense. And I feel like the name you're going to hear most is Melvin Gordon. 
<laughs> well, that's another offense where there's a lot of good fantasy starters. Yeah, and they signed Tyrod Taylor as a backup to Philip Rivers. Yeah, I just talked about that. Oh my! I, I said he's probably not going to get I a was chance too busy to play. Gawking at the uh, list of consecutive games right now. I said Tyrod Taylor is probably he, he's he's happy because he just holds a clipboard because the odds that he plays are like one in four hundred thousand or something. Philip Rivers is thirty-two <laughs> starts ahead of the next guy, which is two full seasons. Those are good stats, uh, and, and and stay tuned to. Uh, to his column during the regular season, which is great. Those kind of stats uh, he he lives by. So. Oh yeah, I love anything that's relevant or not. So we're gonna get all this in time, and let's talk about the last team, which might be one of the more interesting teams in the league this year. The Oakland Raiders might be. Uh, Gruden, I think, is fired up about reshaping the Raiders in his own image because I think he considers himself a god. <laughs> but that's okay. That's it. Makes sense. Um, and uh, he might be blinded by his own blonde hair. It's fine. He looked in the mirror and was shocked. So he started out by acquiring Antonio Browns, Tyrell Williams, and J.J. Nelson. Now, uh, Jason and I know J.J. Nelson uh, very well from stats. He's one of those guys that always gets those deep passes for touchdowns. We're looking at him as... Uh, as he was as, a great fantasy secret for a while because every time he touched the ball, he would score a touchdown. And Tyrell Williams and Antonio Browns. I mean... Literally, you've turned into a Keen Peel sketch. <laughs> literally, right now, uh, their wide receiver lineup is is one of the best in all of football. And so, Derek Carr, it comes down to: do they keep him as their signal caller? If they do, is he going to be able to pass the ball to them with an offensive line protection that's good enough? But no matter what happens there, they're going to score a lot more points than they did on offense uh, last year. Derek Carr is going to be the kid who got everything he asked for on Christmas. Yeah. I mean, this is basically what happened. And this is a line that you never would have thought possible to say last year, but who has the best receiving core in the league, the Browns or the Raiders? Well, there's a couple teams, <laughs> I think. And and we'll probably talk talk about this on uh, shows upcoming. Um, and, of course, we won't know until the actual season. I you could season. argue the Falcons in that, too, with Kelvin Ridley and Julio Jones. There's a lot of teams. Uh, I would say five or six that could uh, could be the, the ones. But, but you're right. Like, the ones you mentioned, all in the running. Yeah, Hopkins and... Um... Will Fuller. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it depends if you're looking for touchdowns or if you're looking for a speed. And or if unsuspended you're looking for, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. If you're looking for players who <laughs> won't be suspended, players who won't be injured. There's a lot of criteria to this uh, calculation. But suffice to say, the Raiders have a great lineup as at pass catchers. Uh, and it looks like Jared Cook might go to the Saints, but we're not sure about that yet. So, so keep checking your news. Uh, he was really great for the Raiders I'll last year. It. I don't um, think that anything is going to happen tonight, though. Uh, and the last thing about the Raiders is um, at running back, there will likely be another running back added to the team, maybe even two, because Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin will probably both be free agents. They are both free agents. They have not signed. Which yet. which means that uh, the number one guy there right now is Jalen Richard who is a great PPR running back, but has never gotten the chance to do it himself. And DeAndre Washington? Yeah, but, well, the, the guy that last year was the big deal that was supposed to be really good is Chris Warren the third or something like that. Let me tell you the biggest impact signing that is on the Raiders, and it's not Antonio Brown. It's Nathan Peterman. Yes. <laughs> what a good backup that is. Oh, boy. So Chris Warren uh, is a guy who in the preseason just ran over everybody, and then he was injured uh, with some kind of injury that, that held him out for the entire 2018 season. Okay. And there's a lot of people saying that he might be the guy to replace 
like uh, Marshawn Lynch, etc. But we'll see how that actually goes. I expect them, uh, much like the Jacksonville Jaguars, to uh, sign some kind of a, a free agent running back from the available candidates to to back up or to supplant uh, Jalen Richard as the number one guy there during the season. I think their best bet is still to just re-sign, re-sign Marshawn Lynch. I don't think they're going to do that. I, it, it may not happen, but I think that that's their best. They're retooling the team. I don't think they're going to have old components. They're only going to keep him for one more year. I don't think Marshawn would go to LA to Vegas with them. Well, we'll see. That's an interesting. Marshawn is all about Oakland. He he could play with them for their very last season and then call it a career. That guy's the worst. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's great. Uh, can you imagine coaching him? He won't he's even. He won't mode. talk to anybody. Like he's he's a terrible. No, he doesn't talk to the media. I'm sure that he's a. Uh, you know, personable. I don't think with so. His teammates. I think they only keep him around because he just smashes through people. He's fucking beast mode. That's true. So we covered all of the thirty-two teams, and we're very happy about that. And we'd like you guys to continue to listen up. Uh, I think probably next month we'll have some kind of a show um, about or after the rookie draft, and we're really looking forward to fantasy football in general, of course. Jason, do you have any parting words here? Uh, Just give me some volume so that we can send the people off. And remember, let us know what you think the theme to the music is tonight. Uh, And uh, listen to us again soon. Follow us on Twitter. All that good shit. All that good shit. All that good shit. (laughs) 